Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Holy cow! Please shut up! Please shut up! Gangsters, what's up, guys? I would be honored if you played football for this team. Me play football? Vance Dooley and the Georgia damn Bulldogs, baby! Sorry, wait. My mom made me put on my jacket, and then she made me do the dishes. What we've got here is failure to communicate. That's so funny. Last time I heard that, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur. Just a bit outside. Oh, look at the sugar falling out of the sky. Look at the sugar falling out of the sky. I think you'll ever get out of here. One day, when I got a long white beard and two or three marbles rolling around upstairs, they let me out. The Second String Podcast and Now Radio Show on 98.7 FM and AM 1340 WGAU, Athens News and Weather Station. Dooley's Junkyard Dome. James Brown was the hardest working man in show business, but right now I feel like you and I are the hardest working men in show business. You know, when you got to crank out some episodes, you crank out some episodes, Walker. And welcome to a special edition, by the way, of the Second String Podcast. If you are tuning in today to get all the latest on the last week's happenings, maybe even the first week of Braves baseball, the how our brackets are doing now that we now know the Final Four, you ain't getting that. Because we don't know any of those Because we don't know any of it. You know why? Because we recorded this well before all those things actually happened. I know you're just now getting this now. And you're thinking, how can that happen? I hear your voice. You're here. It's the magic of technology. Technology is amazing. It's no longer hit a switch. You're live. Go. It's We can schedule these things months in advance. That's months, true. Walker. Um, ama- imagine. We are not even here. In um, fact, as you're listening to this, there's a real, very, very good chance that my feet are in the Caribbean water. I could be either in Puerto Rico. I could be in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. I'm sorry, where? I could be in Nassau, Bahamas. I could be in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. I don't know. I, I All could, I know is I'm on a boat going to those places. I don't know when we're going to get to each spot. I could be in Watkinsville. I could be in Bogart, <laughs> Athens. You don't know. Well, my location sound a hell of a lot more fun than yours, Walker. Listen, even though this is a pre-recorded episode, yes. you should still at least spend some time with us this morning because we have for you yes. an SEC football preview and what is it that we all want to talk about in the offseason we're talking about practice we want to talk about practice we're talking about practice thank you alan iverson yes spring practice is already in full swing that's not breaking news we're not chiming in this morning to say guess what football's happening it's here we're just going to talk a little bit about what has been happening what we expect to happen and look spring football camp will break before you know it, that G Day is coming up very, very soon. And when that's over, it's, you know, everybody go off, summertime begins, 
Uh, Jake Fromm will keep some of his guys together, and they'll do their own thing over the summer. Uh, the strength and conditioning is year-round, so there's always some supervision of these guys but I don't have it in front of me, but there are like NCAA rules and regulations for how many hours, how many days coaches can actually coach the players. Right. That's they true. don't want to make it a 365-day-a-year job because why, Walker? They're student-athletes. Student first and foremost. We're here to get an education, and we're going to play a little foosball in the process of doing so. We have to keep that in mind. And, Logan, if you will, would you indulge me a little bit later the opportunity to look ahead at the 2019 season and maybe make some predictions as to uh, what we think is going to happen to the Georgia Bulldogs and some of our other teams in the Southeast. I would Conference. be happy to oblige as right. I got my my schedule out, my 2019 helmet schedule. We'll run through some of the things that we think are uh, games to keep an eye on, whether it's the Georgia schedule, which is chock full of them, by the way. It's loaded. Fantastic schedule. I love the schedule this year. But there's some others out there as well that uh, we're keeping an eye on, some of interest that we may 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 shape the 2019 football season, which will be here pretty soon. Longer. Some big non-conference matchups. We'll get to all that. But first of all, Logan. Yes. I know that you are a man with a lot of connections. I know a lot town. of folks. Uh, you have been out to practice. You've been talking to people who have observed uh, s- this version of the 2019 Georgia Bulldog football team. What are you hearing out of spring practice? Man, I'm hearing that the dogs will go 15 and 0, win the national championship. My yeah. promise will come to fruition. That's what you told me last year. I did tell you that. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel more and more that way. But here's a spoiler alert for all of you guys. Uh, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, uh, uh, Mississippi State, LSU, Texas A&M. Their fans also get really optimistic this time of year. This is not unique to Georgia. There will be some haters out there, some Tech fans, some Florida fans, and mix throw them in the mix as well. That will say, don't you Georgia boys always win the preseason national championship? And I'll say, absolutely we do, because right. we love our team, and we build them into something special way before they ever earn the right on the field. This is no different. But I do think, Walker, that right now our lifetime of maybe frustrations, if you want to call it that, we've certainly had some really good moments we've witnessed as being Georgia Bulldog fans. But I think that we have the right to be optimistic right now more than I can remember Maybe in my lifetime, to be honest with you. I, I think this is that year that I circled several years ago where 2017 was as magic as it comes for a college football season. Uh, I don't have to list them all. When you go to Notre Dame and you shut down Tennessee in Neyland Stadium, you whip oh, the yeah. you-know-what out of Florida, you go to the Rose Bowl, you win the SEC, you almost reach the promised land. It was magical. Going into 2018, flashback to this time last year, I think I was very cautious about getting excited about that team. Lo and behold, 11-1, you maybe should have, you could make that argument, should have won the SEC, you should have been back in the playoff, but you didn't. The ending does nothing for me. I don't care about the Sugar Bowl. I I would have loved to have won it, but the, the fact that Georgia did not show up to play very well in that game has little to no effect on my optimism going into 2019. And here we sit a few months later talking about spring ball. Mm -hmm. But you ask what I'm hearing and seeing over at the practice field. What I'm seeing is depth. What I'm seeing is a lot of recruiting classes that we've been tooting the horn about, thinking, hey, that's the number one class in the nation. That's the number three class in the nation. Georgia sitting well with yet another class in the works right now. 
These are now players that have veteran experience. They're no longer just a star on a recruiting list of guys that have committed that we're excited to see. These are players that are now seasoned veterans on the field between the hedges on Saturday evenings and hopefully not noon, but you know those afternoon games happen in Sanford Stadium. We're going to see some good, good football players. Namely, and I'll list some guys that are that are very young that we may not have seen yet but are getting rave reviews right now from both Coach Smart and some players. N'Kobe Dean, man, we talked about him on the last episode quite a bit. We can mention him again. That five-star linebacker out of uh, uh, Mississippi, they're using the terms like next Roquan Walker. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think that you necessarily need a next Roquan Smith. We just had a Roquan Smith. Yeah, we did. So let's let's still remember the good times that we had Talk with Roquan. Talk to me in 2036 um, about a next Roquan. But that doesn't diminish my excitement about what N'Kobe Dean can do, about what the Georgia defense can do as a collective. You know, it's, it's hard to sit here and say, well, Georgia's going to have one of the best defenses in the SEC. Uh, the reason it's hard to say that is because a lot of these guys we haven't seen on the field all that much yet. You know what kind of buzz these guys had out of high school, and, and you saw a little bit of it last year. Just to reel off some names, I think you're yeah. talking like Britton Cox and Aziz mm-hmm. Ojolari, Adam exactly. Anderson, Channing Tindall, Quay Walker, Ty Tyson Campbell we saw a heavy dose of. But these are all guys that you're expecting, as I'm gathering, to mm-hmm. take that next step right. next year. Yes, And you, you take the next step by getting experience on fall Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And you have a whole lot of talent on that defense. We know that. But we haven't seen it mm-hmm. really come together and gel on the football field yet. So uh, we have some questions. But I think that Georgia's defense this season in 2019 could be top five in the SEC. I don't, I don't have any problem all predicting those, that. All those young guys you mentioned, I'm equally as excited. Now here's one thing we have not talked about on the second string yet that I think makes all of the things you're saying believable. Not just because they're young guys and they have, you know, plays upon plays upon plays of experience at the college level because they do now they know the speed of the game on Saturdays as opposed to Friday nights Mm -hmm. one thing we haven't mentioned is just because we named all those players that are young and we're expecting breakout Georgia is fortunate enough to also have some very upperclassmen leadership on that defense. J.R. Reed announcing he's coming back that's big to play his senior season when I think he could have gone to the draft that was the that was a huge recruiting win. That was like getting a five-star recruit who's already experienced to come back and play with these guys. We're now at the point also, I'm going to lump Richard LeCount right into that conversation with J.R. Reed. Definitely. Uh, LeCount, who got himself an interception against Alabama in the SEC Championship, played a lot of very, very good football. These are now guys that know what it takes to win on Saturdays, and they can be right there alongside some of those younger guys you just mentioned, that's huge. It it takes upperclassmen on a team, on a roster to contribute in order to win. Georgia has that. So what you're telling me, your hot take here, Mm -hmm. is that the Georgia secondary is going to be pretty good. I do think it's going to be pretty good. Even though you're losing the Jim Thorpe Award winner in Mm -hmm. DeAndre Baker, I'm very optimistic, and we'll talk about some other players that Kirby Smart has singled out, but Tyson Campbell is one of those. He said that Tyson Campbell is night and day compared to what he was as an early enrollee in 2018 with his eyes wide open to the college game, 
as sort of a shell shock. And look, we saw some really good moments with Tyson Campbell in the 2018 season, but we also saw plenty of moments where we, even on this show, kind of said, hey, it's time to pump the brakes a little bit on this five-star cornerback right. that we're all so excited about. And those those exciting feelings are not unwarranted. By all means, be excited about the kid. He's just not that day one freshman impact player we may have touted him up to be in our own minds. And that goes back to us and every other fan base does that with young players. But to your point, Walker, a lot of those guys, Tyson Campbell being maybe the forefront, he probably got the most experience out of all those guys because he was needed last year. And, and other teams knew that. And they singled him out quite a bit. And he had his moments where you said, yep, that's a freshman. Mm-hmm. He ain't a freshman no more, Walter. That's right. And now you have so many of these five-star recruits on this defense that you have stockpiled over the last two or three recruiting cycles. And all of a sudden, you're forgetting names. You're you're sitting here going, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, we got that guy, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And when you think about what N'Kobe Dean and Nolan Smith can do, and uh, you know the pass rush was – a thing that stressed people out last year. Kirby Smart knows how to generate a pass rush, and I think with the talent he has this year in that front seven, Georgia will be generating plenty of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, speaking of pass rush, that was brought up when Jonathan Ledbetter was at his NFL Combine just a a month ago or so that he said under Dan Lanning, the new defensive coordinator for Georgia, he expects more pass rush. Kirby Smart has said it with his own mouth. He said, I want more pass rush, I want more sacks, to the point where Jonathan Ledbetter even kind of joked that he was upset that he was a senior because he wanted another year with the Bulldogs. He's obviously no longer eligible, and he's about to make a big payday in the NFL, but I think he would have really enjoyed playing under that kind of philosophy that it sounds like Dan Lanning is bringing. And also speaking of pass rush, Georgia this coming season, and one thing we're noticing a lot in spring, a couple of newcomers to that Georgia defense, Jermaine Johnson, the number one overall JUCO recruit uh, coming to join the Bulldogs, and they a lot of folks think that he'll be a one-and-done, that he's got two years of eligibility, but his mm-hmm. JUCO performance – uh, it, it was good, very, very good, and he is a pass rusher. He's got that big body. Leonard Floyd is the best example I can come up with for Bulldog players, that big, long, I'm going to get after that quarterback as soon as that ball is snapped. On the other side, the other newcomer, uh, Nolan Smith, the number one recruit in the nation out of high school. Yes, sir. But you got to remember, that that is just one piece, that true freshman who I say over and over and over on this show, Walker. This is not a a breaking news, a hot take. I don't like relying on true freshmen. You've got Britton Cox that got a lot of experience on that edge last year. You've got Adam Anderson who came on very, very strong at the end of last year. You even saw Aziz Ojolari who was coming off a torn ACL late in his high school career. I think he was ready last year, but he may not have been that whole 100% ready in in his high school form. He played a whole lot in the Sugar Bowl and looked pretty good doing it. You throw this Jermaine Johnson, you throw this Nolan Nolan Smith into that mix alongside what I think will be a very improved Georgia defensive line. Now, how do you say that losing Jonathan Ledbetter, who was a fantastic piece? Right. You say it with Jordan Davis. You say it with Michael Carter. You say it with now senior Julian Rochester, uh, Devonte Devonta Wyatt. And, and that, that's another player that beat writers have mentioned in their reports that he looks different physically. He looks like he's kind of shed some of that baby fat, and he's mm-hmm. all of a sudden 
that big, just muscular, big body on the defensive line. This is all leading into a good combination, along with some of those linebackers you've already mentioned, the Channing Tindles, the Quay Walkers, Nicobe Dean, if he gets that gets into that you know, too deep and plays a lot. You start opening up some holes on the defensive line, and you've got some of those pass rushers with some alleys to get through. Oh, man. Tell me to calm down, Walker. <laughs> I'm drooling I mean, I mean, already. I need a cold shower, man. <laughs> Maybe not that far, but you know what I'm saying. It's, uh, it's, it's some potential there Look, to I, be a style of defense that we're not used to right now. I checked into it while you're talking, and uh, I wanted to see what are people predicting for this Georgia defense. And they're thinking along the same lines we are. Yeah, this is going to be one of the top four or five defenses in the Southeastern Conference. I think there maybe some of these writers are in a wait and see uh, kind of holding pattern with the Georgia defense. We we want to see it on the field, like we were just talking about a minute ago. I think this could be a top three Georgia defense. I mean, will they be as good as Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Florida? There's certainly a hey, chance. Man, Alabama lost a lot. Mm-hmm. Georgia loses players too, but Alabama, I believe, and this is me with my red and black glasses, and it's also a lot of hopes and prayers. Alabama lost a ton of production from what was not a very overachieving defense last year. It, it's weird to think about Alabama last year and say the offense is what carried them, but they they got exposed defensively against Georgia and Clemson late in the season. Yeah, Even even Oklahoma had a bad start to that. What bowl was that? Fiesta Bowl? That was, Orange, was Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl, yeah. They got off to a bad start, but Kyler Murray kind of – dice through those guys late in that game Mm -hmm. that's my hot take right now i'm telling you i'm not as sold on alabama as a lot of folks are now listen i i fall into that trap every single year i'm the first to admit it but if there's a chance for a letdown in tuscaloosa is 2019 it um no okay okay i I was i I was so close (laughs) i almost had it i hear what you're saying i really do i respect what you're saying I, I do think Alabama is going to have a very good year, possibly go undefeated again. Oh, now, come on, Walter. Look, now what happens when you get to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in December and we all imagine Georgia and Alabama are going to match up again? What What's oh, going to happen? I'm getting, I'm getting anxiety oh, thinking about it. We don't know that yet, but what we do know is Georgia is going to have one hell of an offense. Nobody is concerned at all about the Georgia offense, and it sounds like from what we're saying here in this conversation, Georgia is going to have a pretty damn good defense too. So, uh, you put those together, we got good special teams. This could be your magical, as you say, 15-0 and 0 season. It could be off-season national champions. Yeah, sure, we're always talking about it, but I love it. I feel good about this. Walker, one. let's take a quick break. On the other side of this, we will talk more about that offense that you're raving about and what we're expecting from that side of the ball. Spoiler alert, it's good stuff. And oh. it doesn't include a lot of true freshmen. It's a lot of yeah. veteran leadership, man. We got, we got a good quarterback and a, and a good tailback. We will do it as soon as we get back. It is the second string podcast and radio show on WGAU. Now back to the second string on 98.7 FM and AM 1340 WGAU, Athens News and Weather Station. It is the second string podcast, a special edition spring football preview we're talking all things University of Georgia football as spring practice is in full swing. And G-Day right around the corner. Then right after G-Day, we basically get to that 100-day countdown. Then it's summertime. 
And then it's foosball time. It does go by faster, it seems, than it used to. And I think because we have so much access now to recruiting, to media days, to spring practice, to G-Day, and it seems like there's always something to talk about college football related. We're also just old. Well, maybe that's it. And I saw a study recently that, like, scientifically, as you get older, it does seem like time goes faster. So when you say, man, where is the time gone? It's legit. I didn't realize doesn't that. mean that time is actually faster. It has something to do with, like, the amount of memories in your head mm, that okay. it, it actually does start to speed up for you. So that's a horrible, horrible Horrible way to think of things. I didn't realize that I was old until you just no. informed me. I'm sorry, sorry to hear that. I'm, I'm sorry to uh, inform you of that. That's all right. Hey, let's talk offense for just a couple of minutes here. We talked a lot about defense uh, last segment. Offense, I have zero concerns. I do have a couple questions, however. Okay. Uh, we've talked about this on our show. We can talk about it a little bit more. Wide receivers. Who's going to step up and fill the void of Meikle Hardman, of uh, Terry Godwin, of Riley Ridley? Those folks ain't here no more, Walker. If there is a question on the Georgia offense, that is it because we feel pretty confident with all of the other positions. Um, We think that Demetrius Robinson, uh, excuse me, Demetrius Robinson, uh, Robertson. There you go. Golly. Can you buy a vowel with third time? Demetrius Robertson may be able to have that season that we thought he was going to have last year. There's zero reason not to think he will. There was a lot of depth he was stuck behind last year. Okay, I You agree. don't just walk in and say that I'm going to be the man at the University of Georgia in the wide receiver role when you've got three guys that are probably going to be playing on Sunday next year. Well, it doesn't look, happen like that. I thought, hey, if this guy is really this kind of a playmaker, put him on the field. I don't care who's in front of him on the depth I'll, chart. Put this guy on the field, but it didn't work out. I'll remind way. you how brainwashed we were or how optimistic we were. You and I coined him for nine touchdowns. Okay. He didn't that have didn't a single happen. catch. Didn't have a single catch. Isn't that crazy? He had a he had a, a, a end around, which was a run. That was and one then he touchdown. dropped a couple things. Didn't have a single catch. But they, listen, I'm not panicking about it. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm very high on Demetrius Robertson's potential for 2019. In fact, I think it's going to be pretty darn good. You spent that whole year getting ready, learning SEC football, learning to block. You didn't do that at Cal. You just didn't do it. You probably didn't do it that much in high school when you were the best guy that says, go deep, go get it. Uh, other names also, though. I mean, Kiaris Jackson, Coach said, Coach Smart has said, if it weren't for a hamstring injury last year, he would have been in the mix. Think about what he said. He would have been in the mix with those three guys we mentioned that are no longer here. That's saying a lot. The little bit I've seen on the field this spring, he looks really, really good. He looks like he's well-conditioned. Looks like he's making the catches he needs to make. He's using his hands the way I want to see him using them. Things are good. Matt Landers, that's that big, tall, lanky, but very athletic Wide receiver, we haven't seen much in Athens lately. Sort mm-hmm. of A.J. Green-like. I'm not saying he's A.J. Green. I'm saying he's built like A.J. Green. And his potential's through the roof. And then once June gets here, this is not spring, uh, you'll get Dominic Blaylock, five-star we, receiver. George we've heard Pickens. Good things about them. George Pickens, another five-star receiver who we snuck away, snuck away from Auburn uh, last minute there. These are guys that are expected to be pretty darn good. And, and you've got a Jake Fromm. Mm-hmm who I cannot rave enough how excited I am for Georgia to finally have a third-year starting junior quarterback. It's been a while. You uh, you realize that you forgot to mention 
Jeremiah Holloman. Jeremiah, another great addition. I mean, absolutely. He had some plays last year. J.J. Holloman made some plays last year that I didn't think were uh, possible, where (laughs) Jake Fromm would throw this kind of a jump ball pass, and he would just go up over the safety and get it. If you want to see that, just type in, uh, go to YouTube or wherever you need to, and type in the keywords UGA Florida Mm. 2018. My man made a couple catches that still got me smiling. Then he did it again against Georgia Tech. And then once he comes down with the ball, he doesn't go down. He no. just keeps going down the field. The, the receiver, the defender goes oh, down. Oh, yeah. And that's it. Walker, we've got a lot more to get to. We are up against a very hard break in just a second. We'll continue this conversation because, speaking of offense, we have not even mentioned yet the best unit on this University of Georgia football team. I know what it is. I know exactly what it is. We'll get to that on the other side. Thanks for tuning in. It is the Second String Podcast on WGAU. You're listening to the Second String on 98.7 FM and AM 1340 WGAU, Athens News and Weather Station. Welcome back in the second half of the Second String Podcast. Special spring football Preview edition, and we're going to give you some bonus. Okay. Because we're going to talk a little bit about fall football Mm -hmm. preview edition as well. In just a minute, we're going to pick each and every game and what we think is going to happen. Walker thinks I'm going to go 15-0. I might go 15-0. You probably will. I've never been more confident in a Georgia football team than I am now. And I've picked some good records over the years. So have I. I've been wrong a few times. I've, I've been right a few times. I was going to say, I've, I've been on both ends of that spectrum <laughs> myself. It's easy to do. I've predicted a few national hey, championships in the past. We are not Capital J journalists. We are going to give predictions based on our heart and our mind. Okay, <laughs> we, we throw in both, so uh, be, be excited about that. Uh, we were previewing a little bit, uh, both offense and defense. Didn't even get a chance last segment to talk about what I truly believe and I don't think there's going to be much pushback on this at all as the best unit that the University of Georgia football team has put together maybe in the last couple of decades. I can, I can strongly say that. And there have been some good running back units in the past, but I'm not talking running backs. I'm talking the big, ugly offensive line whose job is to keep Jake Fromm pretty. You don't have to answer this question. I mean, it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of throwing this at okay. you, but I might. is this the best offensive line in the country? Show me another one. Okay. Uh, you can show me ones that are very good. Alabama will always be very good. They've got some names over there that are just top-notch recruits. They're amazing. It's just amazing that we are at this point uh, at the University of Georgia here in Athens where we're not saying, yeah, this is going to be a really good offensive line. We're saying, hey, I think we got the best O-line in the country. And you can say it confidently, and yeah. you can tell Alabama fans that, and there's not a whole big rebuttal they're going to give you. Go ahead. Rattle off those names, Listen, man. they they were <laughs> – they convinced themselves for a second they were going to poach Sam Pittman, the offensive line coach, but joke's on them. Sam likes Athens. Sam, I think, likes working for Kirby Smart. And the, he's done this. All credit yes. to Sam Pittman for creating what we're about to see in a few months mm. as, as this monster of an O-line is unleashed. It's, it's one that over the years, and look, I'm, I'm, I thoroughly love Coach Richt. I loved the era of the Coach Rick era. Mm-hmm. I have some very good memories. For sure. But if you did want to take one stab at maybe something he underachieved grossly on, it was putting together an offensive line. It was. There were some great players that came through Athens. The Ben Jones, the David mm-hmm. Andrews. I mean, some, some really good guys. He recruited Isaiah Wynn. 
Just not enough depth at that position. The, the depth was always hurtful, and, and then also the, the style of play. And that's not a knock on Mark Rick's regime, mm-hmm. but they were much more of a athletic kind of smaller uh, offensive line that that weren't road graders. Well, Sam Pittman's all about grading that road, man, and that's what he's doing <laughs> right now, uh, uh, cool hand Luke style. Okay, mm-hmm. they're they're putting the tar down and they're making way for the vehicles to come through. And those vehicles being some very good running backs that Georgia has on the roster. But right now, I, here here's where I'll say definitively, and I'll, I'll make my stance. Yes, Georgia has the best offensive line in the nation, and the reason why is not the depth it's not the overall product it's the bookend tackles okay andrew thomas and isaiah wilson find me bookend tackles that can sniff that kind of quality mm. on any team and i don't think you're going to find it that's a first round nfl draft material probably right both of them and yeah. we have to come to the realization and it's not a bad thing it's certainly not a great thing if you want more out of them at Georgia. Mm-hmm. But they're both going to be draft eligible after this season, after their junior years, and or a red shirt, I'm sorry, junior for Andrew Thomas, a red shirt sophomore year for Isaiah Wilson. Those guys are so good. They are so just stupid good at what they do. They're stupid <laughs> good how big they are. There are going to be some edges set and then some guards in between them that are going to set some holes mm-hmm. or make some holes mm-hmm. and grade some roads. This is fun. I'm, I'm, I'm giddy thinking about this, man. This is the best unit on the field for the Georgia Bulldogs right now. This is why, and we can gush about how great this offensive line is going to be, but this is why I have said DeAndre Swift and Jake Fromm are both going to be in the Heisman Trophy conversation at some point this season because DeAndre Swift, if he's healthy, mm-hmm. we assume that he is now healthy, is that guy that can go – the distance from any place on the field. And if he's got that kind of blocking in front of him, he's going to rack up a lot of yards. If Jake Fromm has got a lot of time to sit in the pocket because he's got these big guys protecting him up front, uh, he's going to pick defenses apart. Absolutely. You said the words be or stay healthy right there. Now that's true for any team, any unit, anywhere. But it is also very true for Georgia in the running back position. I mean, Zamir White coming off of what I think is going to be very successful knee rehab. Uh, he now has two knee injuries, though, but that could be one of those very good pieces that if he comes into his own, will be running between some of these tackles and mm-hmm. offensive linemen. And and uh, DeAndre Swift, as you said, I think if he stays healthy, that Heisman conversation is not unjustified by any means alongside Jake Fromm who will now be a veteran junior starting quarterback with a lot of experience, a lot of big games he's played in. In fact, you don't get bigger than the games he's played in. He's won the Rose Bowl. He's played in the national championship, multiple SEC championship mm-hmm. games. And yeah. then you just throw Georgia's regular season schedule every year going down to Jacksonville, winning those types of games. I mean, going on the road to Tennessee and LSU, which didn't end our way, but that's still an atmosphere I think will make you better over time. His first start was at South Bend. Absolutely. Yeah, that's ridiculous (laughs) to think that he went there as a true freshman and won that game. But no, just going back to the offensive line quickly, some other names there. Cade Mays had a fantastic true freshman season. True freshman season. Did Mm -hmm. you hear what I said? True freshman. That kid's not going to be a true freshman anymore. He will have a solid (laughs) year under the – strength and conditioning program that makes especially I think the offensive line maybe more than any other position unit in all of college football benefits the most from having time in the program Mm -hmm. you've got those guys there you've got you know Ben Cleveland went down against Missouri early last year 
uh, broke his fibula or whatever it was, sort of that hairline fracture that he never really recovered from. Ben Cleveland's a, a beast. Oh, That's you saw, a big man. You saw what he did in the weight room a couple weeks Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. Solomon Kinley will be back again next year. Uh, Jamare Sawyer's drawing some attention from Coach Smart. He was not an early enrollee last year, uh, came in in the summer, didn't get a whole heck of a lot of playing time last year, but he did see the field enough to get that experience. He's now the backup right tackle, seemingly, to Isaiah Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I, I dubbed him maybe more as a guard, but to think that he's shown the athleticism it requires to move over as a right tackle backup, he might get some other plays you know, elsewhere. I mean, he might get some time at a guard position. You got Trey Hill, who has all been named but the <laughs> starter at center. Wow. You got Clay Webb, the number one player out of Alabama, another five-star offensive oh, yeah. lineman backing him up. Isn't it crazy <laughs> that we have to remind ourselves of the oh, five-star right. offensive lineman we signed? Yeah. This unit is stupid, Walker. <laughs> this is a stupid <laughs> offensive line, and I use that in the best sense of the term. Oh, You feel like uh, this is how, like, Duke basketball fans have to feel. That's a great analogy. You know, when you're like looking around the court and you see all these five star guys that are going to be in the NBA, you know, six months down the road, and you're like, hey, that's my team. Uh, This is my team right now. When you look at the UGA offensive line and and all the weapons they have on offense in general. Talking about that offensive line, this might be the perfect segue because now you'll understand why I'm so. My heart rate's up. I'm looking at my Fitbit. It's registering a heart rate right now. You are a little agitated. no, in a good way. I'm, I'm not agitated. My, my wife accuses me of that a lot. When I get excited <laughs> about something, she misinterprets it as me being like angry about something, but I'm really not. I'm just like enthusiastic about something. Let me tell you something. That happens to every married I mean, man. Hey, it happens. So. It happens. But this is a perfect time. <laughs> Let's take a look, Walker, at that 2019 University of Georgia football schedule, and you can point out some teams that UGAs are right. games that we're not in, and maybe you'll understand why I'm about to give you a very optimistic yeah. outlook. This for is the good for me. Schedule. I actually yeah. haven't looked at the schedule in a little while, so remind me, what do we got coming up? What we have coming up, Walker, I think is one of the better schedules that the University of Georgia has ever put together. We, we broke it down numerous times on this little show. I love the way it sets up. Starting things off Labor Day weekend the Mm. folks that are able to make the trip i'm jealous i might end up joining you nashville tennessee nash vegas baby i've been talking to my buddy lance for the past three months and i'm like when are we booking our hotel for nashville for labor day weekend because i know they're going to book up fast so uh got to get a hotel room you do need to get on that walk got to get tickets for that game Uh, that's just a fun way to open the season absolutely and, and a big party in nashville on a holiday weekend all right let's write this down i got them winning vanderbilt because oh, I, I don't yeah. i don't fear vanderbilt <laughs> i don't think i mean listen can it be scary has georgia lost in nashville sure but that not this georgia team and not against that vanderbilt team listen if if georgia does not beat vanderbilt opening weekend something has gone terribly we will, we wrong we will cancel the second string podcast because <laughs> it's not going to be a happy it, it won't be radio safe but anyway let, let's fly through a couple of these because right. vanderbilt we're going to dub that as a win that's a win i love the way it opens up though nashville labor day weekend mm-hmm. sign me up for that every single year we're not in a opening game uh chick-fil-a kickoff or one of those neutral site games if we're not doing that 
I am all about the SEC making that uh, a Labor Day tradition to start the season off. I'd all be right. all about that. Next couple games, no need to really break them down. Murray State, Arkansas State coming to Athens. A couple of wins there. That's probably two wins. Arkansas State is at least a decent lower-tier school. They they have like good teams every once in a while. That's where Gus Malzahn kind of got his start, mm-hmm. by the way. I don't expect anything good of them this year, especially not against that offensive line I just told you about. No chance. September 21st, Walker. I know you what you're going to tell say. me when you want to start tailgating and we'll start <laughs> tailgating. If it's on September 1st, we'll do that. We can start, Notre Dame. We can start tailgating now. I mean, uh, has there been a bigger home game in your lifetime? I mean, I know we've played a lot of big SEC games at Sanford Stadium. There's been a lot of big games in, in Sanford Stadium. I do not think, and especially when we, when we get to that week, Okay, as soon as that Arkansas State game is done on September 14th, it's game week for Notre Dame. I expect all the big boys down here. College game day. Why mm-hmm. would they pass that up? They're not going to pass it up. Nope. Spoiler alert. Uh, Georgia will be 3-0. and Notre Dame, I don't have it in front of me, but they will not lose before that game. These will be both top five teams. I know they got blown out of the, out of the water by Clemson last year in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Let's just ignore that. Different season, different everything. They're going to be ranked high is my point. Yes. No. Uh, game day will be here. It's going to be huge. That being said, I will look back at that Clemson result and say, I think Georgia has what it takes to expose some weaknesses on Notre mm-hmm. Dame. I've said this before, and, and call me crazy and reach across and slap me right now if you want to. I do not fear a loss to Notre Dame. That's a win. Georgia's a double-digit favorite already. You slap like a Vegas. girl, by the way. Sorry, man. Are they really? Uh, yeah, the the lines. Some of the lines have come out already. Georgia, I think, an eleven-point favorite to open. That sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Now, here's what I warn Georgia fans of, and I said this right after the college football playoff semifinals because Georgia talked a lot of trash. We Ge- did. Not just Georgia fans. Oh, yeah, players. Georgia players talked a lot of trash about Notre Dame and their performance against Clemson. Oops. Well, whoa, <laughs> hold on. Turns out Clemson's pretty darn good. Yes. Yeah, uh, no c- joke. Because they routed Alabama the same way they routed Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's a good football team. Last time Georgia played them, we beat them by one point. And you don't think – that uh, their coach's name is escaping me, Kelly. Uh, Brian Kelly's going to have some locker room material, oh, some bulletin board material. Absolutely. Uh, with some of those tweets that Georgia players tweeted out last year. Uh, Notre Dame is going to come into this looking for a big, big signature win on the road. It, it would be, it would make their season. It would make their absolutely. argument to get back in the playoff justified and warranted. But here's what I love, that it's game uh, four. It's not game two. It's not game one. Mm-hmm. I think that gives Georgia, and I especially love that we'll have an SEC game under the belt, Vanderbilt, whatever, Okay, not the best SEC game. But you'll have two more weeks against Murray State, against Arkansas State, to work out any kind of kinks you have. Mm -hmm. This Georgia team is way too good to look at a Murray State or Arkansas State and say, hey, we got to take this game serious. Don't overlook these guys. I'm not worried about that at all. I love where Notre Dame falls on the schedule. There's only a slight risk of it being pretty hot that day, but I'll go ahead and spoiler alert. This is going to be a night game. I don't know that for a fact, but I can basically assure you and guarantee you this will be an eight o'clock ESPN or SEC network game. I'm mm. just, or maybe seven thirty. It will not be noon. It will not be three thirty because CBS won't do a non-SEC game. They'll have, I think that is that Florida Tennessee. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll have that game. We'll have our game in prime time. I love where it sits. I just think it's the perfect okay. place to stick Notre Dame. Georgia will be ready. You essentially have 
a few weeks yeah, to get ready for absolutely. that game if you're Kirby Smart. Reel off these next few. There's not a whole ton to talk about, but we will mention each one. Uh, a bye week. By the way, this is the season where you get two bye weeks. The way the calendar works out, don't ask questions, just accept it. <laughs> that's right. You go to Knoxville, Tennessee, October 5th. That's uh, a win. Tennessee will be better, but that's a win. I'm with you. Tennessee's yeah. not anywhere near. They no. Their fans might think that we're just a couple plays away from competing with Georgia, but I got bad news for you guys. That's going to be another slaughter on the banks of the Tennessee River. We're they, not we're not going to shut them out 41 nothing. No. They need to go in and focus on beating Vanderbilt and Missouri. Yeah, when then, you start winning those games. Then talk to us yeah. about running with the dogs. Uh, South Carolina the next week, October 12th. Again, I love the way this schedule pans out. That's in Athens. That's South Carolina will not have Debo Samuel. Who? 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 Who are you talking about? <laughs> uh, some pieces from South Carolina's team that will not be there. They've recruited well. Not great. I'm not a believer in Will Muschamp, the coach, to be honest with you. In fact, I think we're going into what will be potentially his last season, but I think they're going to give him one more year. It's hard to say. I mean, they're in such a tough spot because uh, their schedule is just brutal. When they play Georgia and Clemson every year, and then they have Alabama on the schedule this year, I think. I think you're right. <laughs> and then here, here's where it gets really even worse for South Carolina and Will Muschamp. After this year, I think there's about a 99.999% chance. Will Muschamp's about to be 0-8 Ooh. versus Georgia and South Carolina. Ouch. The The, the – the honeymoon period is done. Yeah. After you go zero and eight. In fact, I think they're still a little bit optimistic now at zero and six. Talk to me next off season at zero and eight. I don't think he's going to get fired yet. But going into twenty twenty, he's going to be on a red hot seat over there in South Carolina. That's right. Following week again, I love this. Multiple October games. Kentucky comes to town October nineteenth. That's a win. Win. I don't need to break it down. No more Benny Snell. No more Josh Allen on the edge. Uh, that's a win for Georgia. Kentucky had their best team in two decades last year, and Georgia handled Yeah, them. that's homecoming also, so look forward to that. Then we get the usual bye week going into Florida. If you listen to the podcast, you know my stance. Florida is not there yet. Florida fans think they're there. Florida fans think Felipe Franks is going to be in New York talking about <laughs> Heisman trophies next year. Felipe Franks is good, not great. In fact, he, he did impress me a little bit the way he bounced back from a rough start last year. They lost a lot of juniors to the draft. They lost the only five stars on their roster to graduation. Think about how crazy that is. I don't have the exact number, but Georgia has something like 21 five stars on the roster Mm -hmm. to Florida zero. I know stars don't win games, but I think this Georgia team knows how to win in Jacksonville. They've shown it two years in a row. Walker, it is weird to say this. We are going to enter a season where I am confident about winning in Jacksonville. It feels weird. I'm not going to go ahead and make that an automatic win. I do have a, a Georgia lean here. But Florida, I, listen, I don't believe in Felipe Franks either. I think he's a very average quarterback. But I do believe in those wide receivers, and I do believe in that secondary down there in Gainesville. That, this team's going to be good. They're going to be ranked top ten preseason. Should Georgia beat them? Yes, but you can't just make that an automatic W. It, it might be a top ten matchup by the time we get there, but I don't think – I think Florida will be a pretender. I don't think they're going to be worthy of that. They're going to hit some notches throughout the season, maybe late, that they're not the team they think they are yet. They okay. just they just flat out aren't. And I think Georgia is the team that Georgia thinks it is. Uh, we come home after Jacksonville for a meeting with Missouri. you got uh, Kelly Bryant. This is where the schedule gets tricky. Okay. You go Florida, then you go Missouri. That's a tricky game with Kelly Bryant coming in here. Missouri's not anywhere near as talented as Georgia. Uh, but – then where do you go after that? It doesn't get easy. 
It's, I'm going to give them the win, though. I don't think Missouri has what it takes we'll to beat be, Missouri. To be. Yeah. Now, here's, here's where if I'm going to give Georgia a loss, if I'm going to, you're going to Auburn the next week. Mm. Auburn's got some good pieces that decided to come back. That mm-hmm. defensive line's going to be stout. But what were we just talking about before giving predictions, Walker? The best offensive line in the nation. Some really good running backs. A really good quarterback in Jake Fromm. That is a tough, tough, tough place to play. But I'm going to go ahead and say that Georgia mans up. And we don't have that down game that we're kind of used to having every single year where you just lay an egg. I think Georgia actually wins by double digits in Auburn. That's a tough place It's not going to be 30 points. It's going to be 10. But I think that Georgia mans up and takes care of business in Auburn. It's a tough place to go, and you mentioned the pattern. Georgia, the last two years, has gone out and and, and been blown out on the road uh, in one game. Each season is that trip to Auburn, the game where Georgia trips up. Uh, I'm I'm not going to go ahead and, and chalk that one up as a W yet either okay. I, that's a tricky well, spot you, you don't have to give it a loss either we got no, plenty of time to get no. there we're just Although, talking game by game auburn is picked to finish fourth in the west i mean it's they it, could stumble <sighs> quickly up against a break here pretty soon but texas a&m finally 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 seeing them come between the hedges they got a good team they do have a good team uh, they, a lot of their production also left early for the draft i'm not saying that george is immune to that we certainly lost people as well I just think by then Georgia's going to be rolling. Well, right, right after Auburn, though, it's, I mean, it's a tough, oof. tough, tough spot. You're oof. right. If I were going to give Georgia a loss, it's one of those two games. They're not going to lose both of them. I think but, you're right. I, I think to me, Notre Dame, Auburn, Texas A&M, those three games, one of those seem like the most likely chance for a loss. Well, it's not Notre Dame. I'll tell you that right now. It says we're you. safe. Uh, yeah, but then that's a great schedule. Here, just real quick, a couple sentences. You're not that, even going to mention Tech? I, I don't. I want to. <laughs> I have to. Okay. If Georgia wants to win that game, a hundred to three, Georgia could win that game a hundred to three. I would love to win that game. I would to love three. to win that. Drop triple digits in Bobby Dodd Stadium. Georgia will not win a hundred to three. Spoiler alert: a very realistic expectation that could be a forty-eight to seven, forty-eight to three. Georgia will beat the crap out of a Paul Johnson-less, non-triple option <laughs> team this year that's going to struggle mightily. I'd like to put up 60. I know we won't get 100, Georgia, but I'd like 60. Georgia Tech will get better over the next couple of years. This ain't it, fam. No. This ain't it. <laughs> so I've got Georgia winning a whole lot of football games there, Walker. The only questions, maybe that that couple game swing in November, Auburn, Texas A&M, it's scary. We we know the formula though for Georgia. I mean, if Georgia goes 12 and 0 or 11 and 1, they will find themselves in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, playing for the SEC championship. It's like you're advancing to the next round of the tournament, and that's where you got to win to get in the playoffs. And we'll get to that in just one second. We're just going to have a couple of minutes after the break before we wrap things up. We'll talk about what we expect, if we expect, some postseason glory in 2019. It's the Second String Podcast on WGAU. Now back to the Second String on 98.7 FM and AM 1340 WGAU, Athens News and Weather Station. Now back to the Second String Podcast along with Beck. Mm-hmm. Along with. Mm-hmm. No, he's not with us. Corch. Walker, we are up against the very end of the show. It's been a fun one, uh, kind of a spring football preview mm-hmm. edition, giving our thoughts on what's happening right now, what we expect to happen in the summer, what we expect to happen in the fall. Uh, both of us think some very, very good things with some very, very good players are potentially in the works. So I 
give the floor to you for the next 30, 45 seconds mm-hmm. or so. How do you see maybe some postseason? When, we, when we're at Selection Sunday mm-hmm. or even when we're sitting there January 15th, mm-hmm. what are we talking about when it comes to Georgia football? I got Georgia at 11-1, and one, okay. and I see Georgia winning the East, obviously. Uh, Florida will be the biggest contender to Georgia's Eastern Division crown, but uh, I'm not really worried about anybody else in the East. Georgia goes to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Here's a shocker. We're going to play Alabama Fair enough. in the SEC championship game. I think Kirby Smart finally gets over that hump, finally wins that game, and solidly is in the college football playoff to either go to uh, Arizona and play or, the Fiesta or Atlanta. Bowl or come – Right back here to the ATL. I, and I, the I also Bowl. have Georgia playing in Atlanta. I also think it's going to be Alabama. I think Alabama has a regular season loss, maybe even two. That West might beat each other up pretty good this year, but it'll be Alabama. I'm with you. I think this is the best chance Georgia has ever had and will stack up very, very nice against Alabama. I think Georgia finally gets over that Nick Saban hump. Kirby Smart becomes the first Saban protege to beat him. Now, as far as playoff, that obviously would put Georgia in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Let's hold off on that. I hate to do it. Will Georgia win the national championship over Dabo Swinney and Clemson or Justin Fields and Ohio State? Dabo Swinney and Clemson. Okay. There it's you go. been the Sangus Ring Podcast. Thanks for listening. WGAU. Auburn sucks. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.